Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. One of the most difficult things in life is to know how to overcome a loss. The only thing that may be more difficult than that is to know how to win well. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. We're in the middle of a, of a series, a 10-week series on the life and leadership of King David. I wrote a book some years ago on uh, King David called David the Great. At the end of the, um, of the podcast today, I have a very important announcement for you, but I, I hope you'll get this book. When you're teaching on a life like King David's or even writing a book, I could have written 10 books of this size. I could have written a whole series on the life of King David. You have to sort of decide what part of the massive material you're going to zero in on. So in a podcast, which is even briefer than the book, you have to decide what part of this would work for the podcast. So what I've tried to do is identify specific leadership and life lessons that can help us uh, from from the life of King David. Now, when we left King David, and and all of these episodes are archived, so I hope that if you haven't been tuning in up to now, you go back and get all of them. But when we left King David the last time, he had uh, had moved through the the worst part of his life so far. There's still some terrible valleys to come. But at this point, he's overcome the worst period of his life, rejected, hiding out, living alone in the desert, And gradually, he builds a small private army, a kind of mercenary force called the Geborim, the Mighty Ones. He uses them as mercenaries with the Philistines, Israel's enemies. He actually becomes a mercenary with the enemies of Israel. But through God's grace and David's strategic thinking, he never has to fight his own people. Uh, The Philistines think he is but he's actually only fighting the Amalekites. And then, so he tricks the Philistines into thinking he's attacking his own people. Then the Philistines give him a small town, and he and his soldiers move there and and make that their headquarters, and that town is Ziklag. Now, David's enemies, the, the Amalekites, attack Ziklag. They burn it to the ground. They take all of his people and loot and leave, That's a very low point, and it says that David's men are are considering to stone him to death. Here's a lesson in leadership. Listen to this, and everybody in leadership knows it. In a crisis, people are looking for somebody to blame. When everything is is going wrong, they're just looking for some—who do we blame? And that will often be whoever is in senior leadership. David hasn't made a mistake. There's nothing here that shows us he made a mistake. He certainly didn't cause the Amalekites to attack Ziklag, but they're hurt. The the people of David are hurt, angry, his soldiers. And and in that moment, they're just looking for somebody to blame. If you melt in that kind of a crisis, you can't lead your way out of it. It says that David encourages himself in the Lord. That's his own emotional strength in the midst of the crisis. Then he comes up with a short-term plan chase the Amalekites down, they'll be traveling slowly, get our people back. That's the short-term tactical plan. 
But just getting his people back and recapturing Ziklag will not get him toward the strategic plan, which is ultimately for David to be the king of Israel. So leading out of a crisis, you strengthen yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually. You come up with a short-term plan to handle the issue tactically. But coming out of that tactical issue uh, moment, you have to get back onto strategy. Meanwhile, while David is dealing with his own crisis at Ziklag, Saul, his father-in-law, who's the king of Israel, is attacked by the Philistines. And the Philistines, in that battle, they kill Jonathan and Saul, mortally wounded, rather than being captured and tortured and all. How horrible it would be to be captured by the Philistines. He falls on his own sword and kills himself. When David hears about that, and this is where we begin today, when David hears about that, he says to himself, it's time to make a step forward. And he takes his people and he returns to Hebron. Hebron is the capital of the tribe of Judah, David's tribe. It's the traditional tribal capital of Judah. And David takes his men and goes to Hebron. He doesn't go back to Ziklag. He goes to Hebron. Now, what is our lesson here? What's our leadership lesson in this? And it is this. Once you get through the tactical crisis as quickly as possible, get back on the strategic plan. Now, we've just gone through this, or we're going through this COVID issue. It's really, It's been an issue we've had to deal with, all of us. One, and churches, organizations, businesses, we've had to deal with it tactically. But whether to require people to wear a mask or not wear a mask or when to come back or when to reopen this business, all that, those are all short-term tactical issues. But if in the face of making those decisions, you forget the long-term strategic goal, what were you doing before? Was it to grow the business? Was it to uh, open new outlets? Was it to expand your product line? Whatever it was, as you come out of the short-term immediate crisis, you've got to get out of that mode of tactical thinking and get back into strategic thinking. Now, what do we do? So David doesn't just say, okay, we won that, back to Ziklag. He says, no, back on the strategic plan. And he moves to Hebron. Now, the, the, the tribal elders of the tribe of Judah, hearing that Saul is dead and Jonathan is dead, they now come to David at Hebron and anoint him as king. So he becomes king of the tribe of Judah, not of the entire uh, confederation of tribes. He's not the king of all Israel. He's the king only of Judah. Now, again, partial success is simply a step toward the long-term goal. Defeats, setbacks, tactical crises can cause us to be stranded on that sandbar. But sometimes when you win a game, when you win a certain situation, you, may, you get one victory this is very, very important. You get one victory, things seem to be turning your way, you can actually get stranded on that sandbar. So you're a football coach, you take over a team that's gone 2-13 and 13 the last six years, and your first year as coach, you win six games. If you're content to settle in 
at the level of six games, you'll win six games every year for the next four years and lose your job. What you have to say is the six games is just a step toward what we're after. What we're after is what? Win the conference championship, win the national championship, whatever it is, whatever that long-term strategic goal is, you got to get back on that. And your first victory can actually be a, a temptation as much as your last major defeat. So when David gets to Hebron, he's got to say to himself, it's a great victory, but we're not all the way there. Now, when the son of Saul is a, a young man, inexperienced, ineffective, his name is Ishbosheth, he becomes the king of the northern tribe of Israel. Here's a question I got. It's a very important question. Someone asked me when Ishbosheth is so weak and his father is dead and his brother Jonathan is dead and David is surging in strength, has this great army that he's built, and he's the king of Judah. Why doesn't he just attack Ishbosheth and seize the throne? Why doesn't he just make himself king over the whole nation? Probably one of the most important questions about the character and the quality of David's life and leadership. David was so committed to the concept of loyalty that he would no more have killed and attacked Ishbosheth than he would have killed and attacked Saul himself. David believed that to usurp authority, and, and God has made it perfectly clear. He said it to Saul, rebellion is like unto witchcraft. You're better to be faithful and loyal to an unworthy leader than you are to run the risk of entering into that level of witchcraft called rebellion. David would no more have touched Ishbosheth than he would have touched his father Saul or his brother Jonathan, whom David loved. Be faithful. Be loyal where you are. Go through the doors that God opens. When God opened Gath, David went there. When God opened Ziklag, David went there. When God opened Hebron, David went there. But he did not attack Ishbosheth. He didn't kill him. He didn't seize his throne. And he didn't go to Gibeah. Wait, I say. Wait. On the Lord. Now, David is at Hebron as the king of Judah. Ishbosheth is in Gibeah, Saul's old capital, and he is the king of the northern kingdom, Israel. And, and Ishbosheth has a general whose name is Abner. David has a general, his nephew, Joab. And Abner and Joab are sort of competitors against each other. Now, there's a, a stupid battle. There's a, a civil war begins to erupt between the house of Judah and the house of Ishbosheth. And some of Abner and his men meet and confront a group of Joab and his men. And they get in a, a fight there. It's a low level firefight. It's not a huge battle. There are not thousands of people. There's 12, 15 men on each side. It's a, a low level firefight. And Joab's troops win that little battle, and Abner and the survivors on his side flee. One of Joab's brothers, his youngest brother, who is well-known, famous for how fast he is, chases Abner. Abner is the most powerful soldier in Ishbosheth's army. 
a, a dangerous man. He's as dangerous as Joab. David's top man is Joab. Ishbosheth's top man is Abner. And this kid pursues Abner to kill him. He wants the glory and the fame of killing Abner, and he chases him. Abner, realizing that it's Joab's brother, says to him, turn back. I don't want to kill you. I don't want to get into a blood feud with Joab. Go back, go back. This kid won't listen to reason, and he runs at Abner. Abner even then doesn't want to kill him. He turns his spear, not point forward, but butt end forward, and just to knock the kid over. But the kid's running so fast, he runs on the, the dull end of the spear, and he kills him. Now, there's a great life lesson and a leadership lesson in this. Be careful what you chase after. You may just catch it. Be, be willing to wait and be patient for God to open the opportunity. If you try to force your way in to a moment of glory or fame or success that you're not prepared for, you may, you may experience terrible, terrible damage. So now we, we have this situation. It's a stalemate. David is the king in Judah with his general, Joab. Ishboseth is the king in Gibeah with his general, Abner. And they enter this season of kind of um, Cold War civil war. And David sits still. He waits. David knew the lesson that this young soldier forgot. Wait on God. When God opens a door, go through boldly and with faith. But you push a door open under your own might, and you may be in a room you don't want to be in. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this lesson on the life and leadership of King David. Uh, this book, David the Great, is available to you. I invite you to go to my website, drmarkrutland.com, and there use a promo code NOTEBOOK2020 for the Leader's Notebook, NOTEBOOK2020. You'll receive 40% off this book, as many copies as you want, and load your card up with all the other uh, information, other books, other things that you may want, and it's 40% off your entire purchase, and that offer expires December the 15th, 2020. I want to invite you to load your card up. This, this is easy for me to say because it doesn't benefit me. I, I want you to understand not one penny from any book, any royalties that I've sold, 19 books sold worldwide, not one penny of that has ever come to me personally. It all goes 100% to the missions program of Global Servants, particularly our girls' homes, House of Grace in Thailand and in Ghana. By the way, I hope you'll go to Global Servants and look up House of Grace, and it may be that you want to get involved there too. But you can be involved with your purchase of David the Great and all the other materials that are there at drmarkrutland.com. Enter the promo code NOTEBOOK2020, and immediately my staff will knock off 40% of your entire purchase. Until next week, I'm so glad that you're joining me for this series on David, his life, and leadership. Until then... This is The Leader's Notebook, and I'm Mark Rutland. 
You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.